Welcome back to Teed Up. Uh, this is a, a different take on what the show is about. This is for uh, with the time that this episode comes out. The new October issue is out for the Daily 49er. Hopefully you guys have been able to see the print issue in the stands and you guys have been able to read our digital issue. Um, but in the spirit of that issue, um, we have a, an extremely special guest here um, just to run off a few things. Um, uh, an extensive, accomplished career at the University of Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, started off her career at, at the University of South Florida. Most recently had a stint as the associate coach at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, go Sooners, I think. Sooners? Sooners. Boom. I think Boomer Sooners. Boomer Sooners. Boomer Sooners. They don't sign my check right now, but I'd hate for you to get it wrong. Oh. So it, it is Boomer Sooners. Thank <laughs> you. And then now... She's the new uh, women's basketball head coach here at Long Beach State. If everybody can give a, help me give a warm Tito welcome to a new women's basketball coach, Amy Wright. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Yeah, so. Of course. Um, just to, let's start from the very beginning here. When did you fall in love with the game of basketball? Yeah, I think um, you don't really know what that means, you know, until you get older. So, uh, you know, you got to be passionate about what you love. Obviously, you guys love podcasting or else, <laughs> else you wouldn't be here. To, to do all this um, but growing up in Indiana um, you know you do one of two things you either farm or you play basketball um, so so I did not like the work of farming uh, which is what my family was they they grew corn and pigs and we had the whole the whole shebang out there in the country um, so I chose the route of basketball um, my dad played he played at University of uh, Wisconsin Milwaukee um, so he played two years there, um, and my mom was actually a volleyball player, so so she couldn't play uh, basketball when she was in high school. Uh, she, you know, they had six on six in Iowa, but that was it, um, so she had to play volleyball, and, and rumor is she was a phenomenal athlete, and that's where I get all my athletic ability, so um, they like to give my dad a hard time about that, but I would say that's kind of that's kind of where it started, you know, and it just grew more and more um, in terms of loving it and putting 110% into it and you know that's I think that's what has helped me you know through not just work in terms of being a coach but you know every everybody in here um it's a hard it's hard to do what you do so you you got to love it and I, I think that's kind of what started it. it's kind of started the building and the relationship with basketball does being a basketball player from Indiana kind of like lead to the trope that your inspiration is Larry Bird not the truth <laughs> <laughs> I was um I was aware of Larry Bird. Mm -hmm. So the only Larry Bird fan in our family was my grandmother, my grandmother Jay. Um so she was a true Larry Legend person. I was a late 90s Bulls, Michael Jordan, Scottie wow. Pippen, Dennis Rodman. That was that was my team. So uh so yeah, I appreciate what Larry did, but not not my go-to. Yeah. <laughs> As a Celtics fan, that's that's my guy. Yeah. I, I love Larry. I have a Larry jersey at home. Mm -hmm. I'm a Larry Bird guy. Um, but I, I was I was just about to ask the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, is is the, is Larry Bird like it, just in the state of Indiana? Like, how iconic is is he to, mm -hmm. to even not just to the game, but just like the whole community? Yeah, it's it's crazy how you go kind of generations go in patterns. Like it's weird. So you could you got probably two young people that I am shocked know who Larry Bird is. <laughs> So you kind of go Larry Bird, um, Damon Bailey. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think right now. Um, the gentleman that went, oh, Michael Conley. 
He's from mm-hmm. Indiana. So you kind of go in generations of who's putting Indiana basketball on the map. Glenn Robinson that played at Purdue. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm impressed that you guys know. But obviously, you know, being in Indiana, being a part of in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, being a part of being an Indiana All-Star, that all derives, you know, from Larry. Larry, Larry got it going. So, so we appreciate what people kind of, you know, blaze the trail for us, you know, being on the women's side or the men's side and, and put, you know, the Hoosier State on the map. Yeah, just like kind of, I guess, as far as Arkansas and your player career, I know we had the issue yesterday where they're talking to you about it, but just your career accomplishments. I mean, owning records, mm-hmm. one of the longest active game streaks, right? Yes. In program history. Yes. The assists. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked it's still rolling. Like, it's it's been, um, you know, records are made to be broken. So, um, uh, yeah, so it's assists. I think it's career assists, assists in a game, and, you know, I think I missed one game. And I'll tell you the truth behind that is I think I was a junior, and I had a great head coach, Hall of Fame coach Gary Blair, the whole time I was there. So he's a big stat guy. Like, he's into stats and recognition, and you'll, Lindy will find out I'm, I'm not. I'm like, we just need to win. So, <laughs> um, but he knew the longest running record for playing in consecutive games. And I asked to sit out one game, and I did. But somehow in the books, I started that game. I have no idea how that happened. Mm. So he was a big, uh, you know, big, big into that. You want somebody on your side that's mm. going to do that. So, um, but yeah, the, I mean, the records are fun and nice. Um, what I cherish are the teammates. Uh, that I had and you know that I have and had and um, just building those relationships like I wouldn't be where I am right now if I hadn't had those experiences Mm -hmm. so I think that's the important thing about you know college basketball not just women's basketball college basketball but you're going to create networks and friendships and relationships that are going to last you the rest of your life and I think that's the most important thing about this opportunity yeah um when did throughout your kind of your previous previous stint at Oklahoma? When did this school kind of go into your radar as a as an opportunity? Sure. Yeah. I mean, actually, Long Beach State. I interviewed for the Long Beach State job when Jeff got it, so I was one of the candidates that they um, they interviewed. Um, didn't get it, obviously. And you know, at the time, you got to be really invested in wanting to be a head coach. Um, you can't be like, uh, you know, maybe I want to do it, maybe I don't. And I think my two years at Oklahoma gave me a great opportunity to, one, get outside of my wheelhouse. I had been at Texas A&M for nine years. You know, that was a staff with, with Bob Starkey, who's at LSU right now, just won a national championship, Gary Blair, Hall of Famer, Kelly Bond, who's now up at uh, Southern Illinois in her second year as a head coach. We had a well-oiled machine going. And it was literally going into work every day, and it was the same thing. And it was great, and it was greatness, but you don't want to be in a place where you're not challenged. And so moving to Oklahoma, spending those two years with Jenny Baranchek was amazing in learning a different way of doing things and learning how to win championships a different way. But at the same time, at that point, I knew I was ready. Um, so I did interview for a couple of other head coaching jobs, but Long Beach State, it kind of fit what myself and my partner wanted. We, you're going to laugh because these are the three places we want to be. We wanted to be in California, we wanted to be in Arkansas, or we wanted to be in Florida. So none of that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, all over the place. So you have beach, beach, and then we have a lot of family 
kind of located mm-hmm. in Arkansas right now. So, so yeah, so when they, they came knocking, it was something that I really wanted to pursue. Um, and I knew the area, I knew the history of Long Beach State women's basketball. I mean, multiple Final Fours, fantastic players that had been drafted, Latanya Pollard, uh, Dana Wilkerson, you know, they all had opportunities to play in the WNBA when it was going. Um, you know, Joan Bombensini, she was an amazing coach here that went to many, many championships. So I, I think it's just had a great tradition. You know, Jody, Jody Wynn, when she was here, Jeff did a great job, you know, in continuing that tradition. And it's something that you know that you don't really have to build it. It's already there. You just got to awaken the beast a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah, and then I guess kind of what's that welcome been like with the program as a whole? Obviously, like we were talking about it, roster construction, a little bit of a turnover, a lot of players left, we were bringing new players in. Mm-hmm. So just like how's everything gelling and just how has, I guess, the beach community kind of welcomed you so far, at least before you played a game? Sure. <laughs> I love it. Yes, yes. Everybody likes a winner. I get that. So that that's always reminded when, when I meet the community. Um, but the community's been great. Uh, you know, they, I think they're thirsty for a program that's going to embrace the community and not ask the program to be embraced by them. Um, So that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to get out in the community, you know, no matter what that looks like, if it's, you know, with going to Joe Joss, whether if it's, if it's going out to, you know, different adventures to dream, you know, with, with younger kids, if that's having clinics and camps before games, those are things that we want. We want the community to come in. I'm going to do my shameless pub. Don't forget about pickleball. October 29th in the pyramid it is the only indoor pickleball tournament in Southern California but that's our team's going to be there all day you're going to get a chance to obviously play against Bobby Uh, you can play against me but you also get a chance to meet our girls so that's been awesome and then the players I have been just so so good like what they already had before I was here was special um, and it's something that you didn't want to come in and change. So, again, we have eight returners that were here uh, last year and multiple years before, uh, two transfers that came in from, from other schools, and then two true freshmen that are true freshmen in, in the truest form that it can be. But they're all gelling great. I, I feel like they, they're getting, you know, kind of their – their core together and what's really going to display is are they having fun on the court you know do you see a team that's passionate and do they enjoy the game of basketball or are they looking at it like a job i want to take the passionate and the enjoyment it's funny that you mentioned the pickleball tournament so you are going to be playing absolutely yeah because i'm talk- going to be playing my partner's going to be playing my dad's going to be playing bobby's going to be playing i'm going to get lindy out there so everybody's playing so i know a couple of other coaches ha- mm-hmm. have committed to, to coming um so it's like i said it's it's more about community i know some people want to say oh i haven't played and you know there's this uh, there's intermediate beginner and pro like no it's about coming in and having a good time and getting to meet us and who wouldn't want to play in the pyramid I mean it's an iconic venue here in Southern California come check it out yeah it sounds like we might see you on the court we actually set up a game with Bobby last week okay where I'm gonna play with Bobby he's gonna play with our advisor Gary Metzger and we're gonna have a little game in the pyramid it sounds like absolutely bring it bring we're, it yeah we're we're a little we're, we're, we're excited for it mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. and that was a uh, yeah, that was the thing that we had mentioned like a couple episodes ago, and then uh, when Bobby had kind of mentioned that it is like a fundraiser for the women's team, I was like, oh, it's like even, like even better. It, it just further motivated us to to want to to want to play. Um, so you mentioned like, you know, all these different like little spots that ideally you and your partner would have wanted to move to. Mm-hmm. Um, why was it ultimately Long Beach? Yeah, I think you know when opportunity knocks you, you gotta go. Um, and it's it was on the 
for me, timing. I, th- I think as you guys grow and into your profession, you're going to find that sometimes timing is the right thing. Uh, people are the right thing. Um, and place is the right thing. So, so all those three really connected together for me. Um, and, and sometimes the timing is when you're told no. It just wasn't meant to be, which is what happened the first time around. So this was timing where it was a yes, we want you. Um, the right people were in place um, around me. And then just just the opportunity to really dive in to a new challenge. Like, yeah, it's challenging. It, it's, it's hard being a head coach. Any head coach that says it's easy is, is full of it. But it's a great opportunity to really, you know, flex, get your feet wet, and just really navigate. Hey, are, are you ready for this? You know, you as an assistant, you can sit back and criticize a head coach all you want. But until you're in their shoes, you don't really know what it's like. So, so this has been a fantastic challenge for me. Um. Kind of now we're going to get into the, I don't want to call it the uncomfortable, but no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, getting into. There's the, no uncomfort with I, me. Oh, see? Perfect. So, so shoot. We're, we're sweating bullets on this side. <laughs> but um, you did an interview yesterday with one of our writers, Alyssa De La Cruz, and you had mentioned in that interview that um, you kind of already knew and the support system around you kind of already knew for a while. It was just more of a matter of um, when you felt comfortable expressing it. In, out publicly and you mentioned that that was around the time in your earlier years at in texas uh, texas a&m mm-hmm. and but what was that process like for you in just throughout that whole time yeah uh, i would say like the the pre-process in terms of just having true comfort with it it's hard like uh, we talked a little bit about the stereotypes um that gay women have talk a little about this, the stereotypes that gay athletes have you know and it's like it was always perceived as a negative thing um and i think that was that always weighs on you you know especially when you're younger you're you're trying to figure it out you're trying to do the right things you're you know women were, were pleasers so you're trying to please you know whoever it might be that's that's in your circle at that point um so so growing up that may have been part of the okay let's go from indiana to arkansas because i know that was like what are you doing you know you you could go to IU you could go to Purdue you could go to Butler but I wanted to get away and I think I wanted to be around people that were more like me and in terms of like-mindedness not necessarily um, like sexuality Mm -hmm. so I think you know that was that was the stepping stone of being out in terms of okay I'm with different people that really enjoy who Amy is and that's what always came to the forefront the forefront was not about being a gay woman it was about being Amy right and being the best person you could be so I think one getting comfortable with that and then still going through college you know a student athletes go through a lot so you you throw that in the pot and it's like I'm all over the place, you know, and every student athlete rightfully is. So then as you grow and you start to figure out exactly who you are, you know, when I got out of college, I thought I was going to design shoes. You know, that's what my career path was going to be. But the universe spoke very differently. So jumping into college coaching, now there's this, you know, whole new stigma as a coach that can you be a women's coach and still coach women without having all the extra, with having all the animosity? And that was something I really took pride in. I wanted to make sure that people knew that I'm Amy first, I'm a coach second. Those are my, literally the first two things that go on my resume that I want people to know me by. The fact that I'm a gay woman, that should be in the back, just like every other thing. You know, you don't check that box when you vote. 
You just don't. So, so I think that was the most important thing leading up to. And then finally at Texas, being around family, being around a support system that, you know, they knew it wasn't like we had to have conversations about it. They just knew that, hey, you know, we love Amy for who she is. And you feel that you, you relish in that and you thrive in that. So, so I think it's really important to just know exactly who you are before you take that leap and, and just know that it's going to come with negative it's going to come with positive. So you got to be okay with that. Yeah, I think you mentioned kind of how, like, it wasn't so much about the openness, but more almost like the marriage process and then the hiring process. Was there ever a point where, like, something did happen in the hiring process because of it? You know, full transparency, yes. You know, there, 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 are, there are universities, there are people that just it, that, and I think it goes back to how they're raised and where they're at, um, but just don't believe in it. That they want no parts and then you know you bounce it off religion you can bounce it off whatever um but it's just not an equal opportunity space in some places and, and that's okay and what i learned from that experience is that's not where you're meant to be there, there's no way you can go there and make a difference and make an impact if you're around people that are not in the same vein of you are so yeah, I think kind of like looking at your career map, I was looking and it's like you look mm-hmm. at state to state and it feels like there are states that usually you would expect to be like less inclusive, I guess. Sure. So what was like kind of that environment like and just the welcomeness of, I guess, like in Oklahoma, Texas? Yeah. So so I think you do. You have the probably the, you know, your red and your blue states. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, but again, what you find is a community. Um, you do, no matter where you're at, you find you find a community just like here that the housing market's ridiculous and mm-hmm. I'm trying to find a house, you know, but I got to find the right community for the house. So it's just one of those things. Um, but again, the older you are, the more mature you are. And you understand that whether it's a red state or a blue state, whether it's in the south, whether it's in the north, whether it's Ohio, whether it's Texas, it doesn't matter. It's the people that you surround yourself with. When you see like the professional leagues and the people that are in at the highest level celebrating Pride Month, and you know we see the some clubs in in European soccer on England. The captains' bands are all in rainbow and um, things of that nature. How, do you feel um, like? Do you feel this still need more to be done, or do you feel like oh, like that's that's uh, that's amazing? Yeah, I think to me, I relate it to um, you know, there's awareness. So, but what are you really doing wearing the band? Mm-hmm. What are you really doing wearing supporting Pride Month? Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a great example. Uh, you know, there are people that we have a pink game, you know, that supports breast cancer awareness. First thing people say, oh, what shoes are you getting? That's not what it's about. It's mm-hmm. about providing awareness for breast cancer and also financing, you know, women to help find a cure. So I would say it, it's, it correlates the same way is what are we really doing? Other than saying, okay, this week's Pride Month, check the box. What are we really doing to help the LGBTQ community? Yeah, like as a podcast, we try our hardest, I would say, to be very supportive, welcoming, and then like first and foremost, inclusive. Because a field like sports, it's so toxic and masculine. Just like on the surface, it's very blunt and obvious. But like we've had hosts in the past who are part of the LGBTQ community. We've had former hosts who are women. So like what would you say fans and the media can kind of do to crush that stigma and then us as a podcast could do to kind of like continue doing what we're doing but maybe do better yeah I, w- I would say in terms of the public you know i think what any person wants is to be treated as a person right um the, the thing that gets me right now is uh Alyssa thomas and dewana bonner they're obviously engaged they play for the connecticut sun what's the first thing the announcers say when they get on the court 
don't they're married. They're That's engaged. Yeah. Like, okay, but, but they're, they're not players but first. But they're not players first. Mm-hmm. They're not Dewana first. They're not Alyssa Thomas first. They're not Alyssa Thomas MVP. No, it's Alyssa, Alyssa Thomas engaged to Dewana Bonner. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. You know, you're not saying, okay, Michael Jordan was married to this person, and mm-hmm. then he had these minis, you know, people on the side, and then he was doing, like, you mm-hmm. don't hear about that stuff. So I would say just treat as human beings and then continue to have people that are solid in, in who they are, have them on the show, people that are, you know, trying to make a difference. Um, and their difference is going to be different than mine. Mine is openly talking about it and being able to communicate with my players mm-hmm. and people that it's okay, but be prepared for these things. And then this is how we're going to move on from it. So I think that's, to me, that's the biggest thing in terms of announcing and, you know, kind of your your field. Like, mm-hmm. that shouldn't be the first thing that's yeah. out of people's mouths. <laughs> oh, yeah, like he said, like coming from a, from state to states that were – like you said, the red and the blues, and I'm trying to think that like you were like on a mission, just like I'm gonna change this right now. But coming and then coming into a, a school like Long Beach and a community like Long Beach that kind of embraces that um, that openness and that inclusivity, have you felt that that kind of support in, in when as soon as you got here? Absolutely. Like this, I, I tell people this. Like it's not just on paper that Long Beach State is a diverse institution. It is a diverse institution and from all the way to, you know, sexuality, to, you know, um, race, to any, anything, gender, everything. Like, I've never been on a campus where that's, that's the forerun. That, that's what President Jane says. Like, we're going to be the most diverse campus in the country. And I'm telling you, you are. Long Beach State is. Um, so I, I think it is very supportive, very inclusive. Um, I've never felt so welcome on a college campus ever before. And I I hope it's not because I have head coach in front of my title. I hope it's just because, you know, that's how we treat everybody. Yeah. And then, like, I know as far as, like, finding out about it for us was through your, like, getting to know you, the meeting. You said your partner. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, trying to confirm it. But there's not a whole lot of, like, articles, I guess, out there about it. Right. So, like, what kind of gives you the willingness to, like, speak about it now? Um, Like I said, I think it goes with security um, and knowing, you know, it's also things that you experience with your partner, Ebony. Um, You know, she, we're we're both, I wouldn't say out, out there. Um, You know, she's she's a principal at a a local high school and she also takes her profession very seriously. Um, So, so we both dealt with different things and I think it's going through those issues, not just alone, but together and really understanding that people can come at these angles, you know, no matter what angle it is. So what are we saying? One, to not just divert it, but to squash it. Um, So I think just having that comfort with each other, um, having that comfort in the experiences. So I think that makes it just knowledge-based because there's no book on this. Mm -hmm. Nobody's written a book on it. Um, So so I I think the experiences have definitely helped us. Uh, So your partner, she's a a principal, Mm -hmm. and then you're a – you know, a high level collegiate basketball coach has your kind of coverage as a coach and your the attention that you've gotten in the media, your status, has that kind of affected your relationship at all? I would say no, um, to be very, I mean, it's been 19 years. So I think she knew what she was getting into <laughs> and vice versa in all aspects. So um, you, you have me and then you have polar opposite her. Uh, so in terms of personality and demeanor and everything. So um, 
I was always, you know, the outspoken one, always the, you know, um, I'm going to tear some heads off. And she was more, well, let's think about this. What are the consequences of this? You know, that that's more. So it, it's a yin yang, but it balances, it balances out. So, so yeah, so I just think that's what makes it work. So, mm-hmm. and then before we were even recording, we were kind of talking about the Women's World Cup, but like, mm-hmm. I know there they had 96 openly out LGBTQ athletes. So like, what does that kind of like mean for you, I guess, seeing it on such a national level now, international level? Yeah, I think it's, it's just comfort, you know, and I think you want to reciprocate that the, the best that you can and, and having comfort, um, you know, knowing that, you know, there, there's going to be those moments. There's going to be those those certain people that just don't agree with that lifestyle. Um, and you got to say that's OK. And you, you got to work in the area of forgiveness. Um, you know, you just have to listen and forgive and, and move on. Um, yeah, we, we see how, how big it's gotten in, in the national level, the international level. Do you feel like in, in the collegiate level, in the NCAA, and you've, you know, kind of you've bounced around from institution to institution, do you see the collegiate level and the collegiate players kind of, is that heading, is that also heading in the right direction where players and personnel are more becoming more comfortable coming out kind of at this stage in their playing career or in their life. Yeah, I think I think it's because there are great mentors for it right now. Um, I think there is comfort. Um, I do think there is there's lacking in education, um, and that's not necessarily of being being gay. It's necessarily of the the rep, the what happens when you say I am. I am gay, I am this, I am that, um, is that education of not everybody's going to agree with you. And that just goes back to emo- emotional context. You know, are, are we all old enough to handle that? And that's why I say my journey was probably a longer journey because I, I knew myself and I was not ready to, I would fire back at somebody and, mm-hmm. you know, might might be somewhere else at this point. Yeah. So it's just having that comfort. But I, I think it does provide, you know, space where they see it, they can feel it, and then they're okay with it. But again, I do think the education in terms of what could be the backlash of it is needed. Yeah, and then I guess, how would you say that education can be equipped? I know for Long Beach State, we have the Diversity and Inclusion Board. Mm-hmm. So how does like that, I guess, compare to like other programs and just like where things stand now? Yeah, I, I would say that's probably the first of its kind that I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously they have diversity, equity, inclusion, like that's a big thing right now. Um, but the, the thing with young people that they want it specified to them. So if I have a, unfortunately, like a gay male come in, mm-hmm. he's not the same as what maybe a black gay female is going through playing basketball and trying to get to, you know, another level. So I think it's having somebody that is in your exact same shoes come in and talk about their process. I think that's a that's a huge thing. And that's nitpicking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really nitpicking. Um, but if I see somebody that looks like me, I'm going to be more inclined to listen to them. And. In, in our research, we kind of saw this little two-year gap. I mean, you kind of mentioned that you were in, in designing women's basketball shoes, but, um, yeah, we, we, I just kind of wanted to ask them, what was that little two-year break between after Arkansas and before South Florida? Mm-hmm. What was that? What was happening in that time? Yeah, um, during that time, I was trying to figure it out life. You know, at that time, I was people telling me I needed to be a coach and, you know, and using my degree. Um, I obviously had opportunities um, there in Arkansas. You know, you could go work for Walmart. You could go work for Tyson. You know, you have that network that you create while you're in school. Um, but at the same time, it didn't feel right. Like, it, it wasn't it. So so I was able, obviously, to do some, some graduate work uh, at Texas A&M. 
um, and then just move on to South Florida, get my feet wet in coaching, get to move to Tampa, you know, get to experience that. Um, working for Jose Fernandez, who's still there. Um, obviously, he's a championship coach. So, and that was his first couple years there, you know. So he's learning by fire. I'm learning by fire. So it's it was a really fun experience to really dive into coaching and seeing it's not just the surface level that what your coaches are going through when you're a college athlete. You don't see all the things that your coaches do. Um, so getting into that side of it really helped me see, like, it is more than X's and O's. Like, don't get me wrong, I love X's and O's, but the stuff, other things that come with it, I like better. I like making a difference. I like helping student-athletes. Um, so that's a big thing for me that, you know, I 